This is an AMI podcast. Hi, Dave Brown here. I'm the host of Now with Dave Brown on AMI-audio. We want to keep you in the now and in the know with information on news, politics, and technology, all curated and presented by members of the blind and partially sighted community, which of course includes me. So give Now with Dave Brown a listen wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Podcasts have really exploded in the last several years. The sheer scope and depth of available content is breathtaking. The reason that people create podcasts are many and varied. It's a low barrier method to put out content and get out a message or thoughts. Most podcasters will tell you that their podcast is above all a labor of love. Many people with disabilities have likewise taken to podcasting as a way to tell stories, share insights, and push the envelope on social change issues. With a podcast, it's possible to hear content and contributions by and for and from the disability community. Today, we discuss podcasts as a vehicle for disability activism. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Juhita Gupta and I'm really happy to be with you here again today. I hope that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're staying safe and keeping well during the pandemic, not getting too stir-crazy, staying home if that's your situation. If you want to keep up with the latest AMI-audio coverage related to the pandemic from any of our daily shows, whether it's Now with Dave Brown or Kelly and Company or something you might have heard right here on The Pulse, you can visit ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. It uh, basically compiles all of our coverage of the pandemic so you can find it all in one place. So if you had been a fly on the wall at one of our pitch meetings, I want to say about six to eight months ago, you would have heard that I had said to our then producer, Enrica, that I was really keen to do a show on people with disabilities and podcasts. And this is an idea that's been percolating in the back of my mind for a very long time. And when I sought to find out, find a way to realize that objective, I was stuck. Because, and here comes the listener's lament, there are so many incredible podcasts, so many incredible people with disabilities producing content that I was frankly at a loss as to who to go to and how to do justice to such an important and emerging topic. As it turns out, I wasn't the only one at AMI-audio to be bit by the podcast bug. Over the summer, we've been working very hard to create original content and original podcasts that you can now start to listen to, download, rank, rate, subscribe, tell your friends and acquaintances about. And so with the view to not only debut some of these podcasts and hear from some of the content creators behind some of the, the original AMI audio podcasts, today I've put together a panel of people who will not only talk about their work and individual podcasts, but will also weigh in on the broader question of why podcasts matter to people with disabilities in particular. Joining me from Vancouver, British Columbia, is now a Dave Brown contributor and community reporter, 
Amy Amanti. Hello. Good morning. Hey, nice to see you. And from Halifax, the creator of Low Vision Moments, which I've actually long thought should have been a podcast. We're joined by Jenny Bovard. Thanks for having me. And rounding out the panel, joining us in Toronto is technical producer, Jack of all trades, the man who yields power in the situation, Sam Robinson. <laughs> Hello. Sam, let me just get started with you. So uh, before we talk to Jenny and Amy about their specific podcasts, take us back to some of the discussions. Why did AMI-audio want to get into the podcast business? It's a, a very strongly held personal belief of my own, but I think that AMI-audio should want to be in the podcasting business. It is a medium which meets its listeners wherever they are. It is on whenever they have the time to pay attention. It is very accessible in that manner. And I think that AMI should be promoting accessible forms of media, first of all. But also, this is the state of the radio world these days. If it's not commercial terrestrial radio, it is likely podcasting. Like, there are some big podcasting conglomerates out there, Gimlet Media, I mean, New York Times, all of these really prestigious institutions that are involved. And AMI did want to do it. And after the success of what happened to Holly Bartlett, I think AMI really got a taste of, you know, what what working in this medium would be like. Since I joined AMI, we've been slowly moving ourselves toward podcasting of the actual broadcast shows, which I, you know, was a trial run really for for doing this, um, which is original podcasting. And so our original plan was to start with a single show that we were going to produce a pilot of starting in the springtime. Obviously, March 2020 hit and everybody goes into lockdown. All of AMI Audio's plans changed, strategic plans for you know what we were going to do in a year. So what was originally supposed to be one podcast that we were you know going to try out a little bit uh, became a sort of okay, how much of this can you produce and how much of this can you produce from home? And the answer is actually quite a bit, um, uh, although there are different technical challenges of trying to get good audio when everybody's at home. Like it's, it presented a real challenge for us to see what we could actually pull off. And I am pleased with the results, speaking for myself. Absolutely. It's the AMI audio way, right? Go big or go home. Amy Amanti, you are someone who is very special to me, being one of our earliest community reporters. You've really grown as a reporter. Had you always wanted to make a podcast or is this something that you saw an opportunity, uh, pun unintended, of course, and you jumped mm -hmm. at it? You know, Joita, thank you for that compliment. Uh, I was the first community reporter for AMI and my my um, opportunities with AMI have just flourished. I'm so excited to be happy and excited to be part of the family. Uh, I have been toying around with the idea of podcasts for a long time. Uh, I feel like I've been toying with it for so long that I can't even remember a time when I wasn't thinking about it. So I've always been thinking about what kinds of topics I would cover, uh, how I would do that, how do I do that from my own home? Because I, I as a self-employed person, uh, I'm working out of my own home mostly. And so those ideas had always been rolled around uh, in my mind. And then, you know, uh, as they say, the doors opened and an opportunity was uh, sort of laid at my floor and I jumped, I jumped at it deep. 
<laughs> and what about you, Jenny? I've always felt you should have had, if not one, then at least multiple podcasts because you are, you're very good as a storyteller. Is this something that you're always meant to do? It really is. Uh, like Sam, I've been listening to podcasts for close to 15 years. And right away when I discovered the medium, I was like, wow, this is such a such an opportunity to create accessible content. But also, um, also, it it lends itself so naturally to storytelling. And creating a podcast is something I've wanted to do for years. So when I received the pitch, uh, sorry, when I received the invite from AMI to pitch ideas, it was kind of just like the kick in the pants I needed to really get going and really put the ideas into action. And thus, Jenny, Low Vision Moments was born. Really great concept behind your podcast. Tell us about it. Well, low vision moments themselves, they're those funny little things that happen in everyday life when you're just trying to go about your day while you're living with low vision or blindness, whatever your preferred terminology might be right now, and or albinism. And if you don't know what albinism is, you're just going to have to listen to my podcast to find out. <laughs> The low vision moments can be frustrating, let's be honest, potentially embarrassing sometimes, or maybe a learning experience. Let's be real though, there's usually an element of comedy in there. Like <laughs> I've been doing a lot of physical distancing with posts out there on the street because I think yeah. they're people. And oftentimes the best response is, is to just laugh at yourself. What about you, Amy? Had any low vision moments recently? Been social distancing <laughs> from a lamppost? <laughs> I have had a ton of low vision moments since the onset of my, my sight loss about 15 years ago. Um, and I, you know, coming from the world of a sighted person and giving up my car and, you know, giving up uh, what I air quotes felt was normal um, and then relearning stuff. So it's the, it's the process of relearning things when you have the acquired sight loss that, um, I think really means you have to laugh at yourself when this stuff happens. And uh, I mean, I remember returning to work for the first time after sight loss and, uh, throwing my, my high heeled shoes in my backpack getting on the, the sky train and heading to the office. And once I got there, I, I threw my, my shoes on because they were uncomfortable to commute in and realized I had two different black high-heeled shoes on. Uh, so <laughs> walked, and, and even funnier, one was a, an inch and a half heel and the other was a two and a half inch heel. Oh boy, so that's I, awkward. I hadn't, I hadn't worn heels in three years and here's my first time and I'm thinking, well, this feels awkward, but it, it would. And uh, it shouldn't have because they were two different <laughs> shoes altogether. So um, it was a good laugh we had around the office that day when uh, when a sighted colleague said to me, uh, did you break a heel on the subway today? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see there's so many uh, stories that can be told just about low vision moments. But Amy, you've really hit on a topic that is near and dear to your heart. I know that you are such a, a not just a patron of the arts, but also an artist. You've taken part in some theater and done a, a bunch of things in the artistic community. You're so involved with Vocal Eye out in Vancouver, out in B.C., Tell me a little bit about the premise behind Accessing Arts with Amy. Yeah, Accessing Art with Amy is, uh, like you said, Joita, it's a labor of love. And I'm so excited to be able to provide a platform for artists 
who uh, who live with disability, who have some lived experience. And that's really the premise. And I think oftentimes I, as an artist myself that lives with disability, found it difficult to share with the rest of the world what it is I do and how I do it, uh, because there just aren't that many platforms for discussion, for sharing, for learning from other artists with disabilities. And so that's really what I wanted to do with this with this podcast. Uh, there's so many intersectionalities that uh, we experience in the arts community in general. So I wanted to explore um, you know, issues around uh, BIPOC, issue, issues around LGBTQ communities, uh, but all with the intersection of arts. And mm-hmm. uh, again, I, I have I have found that this has been a great platform for being able to share what it is that we're doing with one another and with the larger community. Because I often get, when I tell people I'm an actor, they look at me and they think, a blind actor? How possibly does that work? <laughs> and I think to myself, really? Like, let me show you. And that's been a barrier when I've done auditions, is that producers and directors just can't sort of connect the brain cells to see how mm-hmm. that would be done. So let me show you how it's done. And this provides a platform. My name is Joetha Gupta, and today we're talking about people with disabilities and the power of podcasts. Joining me is a wonderful panel comprising Amy Amanti, who is the host and producer of Accessing Art with Amy, Jenny Bovert, who's the creator of Low Vision Moments, which is a hoot, and Sam Robinson, who's a technical producer and, uh, dare I say it, the brains behind the operation. Hmm. Amy, Um you... Brains. Sorry, you, 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 that made me just feel so. I mean, like that's. I mean, that's very nice and a very kind thing of you to say. I mean, it, it's very true. This is a, a a bit of like a you know a, wor- a labor of love. This is what this is my COVID project actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, okay, so if this is your COVID project, let me just. I was going to ask Amy, but maybe I should actually start with you, Sam. Uh, how did you realize your COVID project? So take us behind the scene a little bit. You have this good idea. How do you bring it to fruition. Give us a a step-by-step of what happened. Well, I mean, I have to reach out. I mean, my role is to help, is to help all the hosts realize their vision too. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so my, my, I had to speak with them about their, about their idea. Um, things that, that came to mind about what I like other podcasts that I had, um, when, when I heard about their idea, oh, that's what I thought of, of this one. And why is it similar to this? Or what are we going to try and emulate? So, you know, I'm trying to look at what the breadth of pod, of the podcasting world is at any one point and see what, what we can do with, um, with their idea and their show. And then we go about making content and, um, I take in files, I download them. I, I get, I, I sort of have like what, what I would call like a mood board for, for like music, um, through our, <laughs> our music licensing. And it, uh, you know, it, um, you have to try out different things and, um, and it's, it's not ever going to be something that you can really, um, quantify or, or eat, quantify very well because you have to just like try combinations. This is the creative process applied to podcasting and radio. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, so then, you know, we, we, we come up with a pilot, we be able, we try to have some form of, um, of, of editing and, and, uh, back and forth between it too. But, you know, we, tr- um, especially in COVID times, I think we were very much looking towards a process where, you know, we can, we can radically change things, anything we want at any one time. Um, so mm-hmm. I, but 
due to due to uh, my own, uh, I, I had a, a new child in uh, in late June, so my time has been so weird, and so I really appreciate. The, you know the flexibility of podcasting as well and to be able to like work on these things and make them make it all happen uh still while mm-hmm. parenting in somewhat uh you know responsible a manner <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and during such unusual times of that jenny what about you because uh, i think sam really hit the nail on the head there you can have a good idea you could even go so far as to say oh my god i really want to make a podcast based on that idea but how do you take something like an idea about talking about, you know, the quirky and the humorous moments related to sight loss and turn it into the finished product. How do you go from A to Z? Well, I've been collecting my my personal stories, my low vision moments for years. I've been sort of writing them down as they come up. And what really helped me sort of solidify what an episode might feel like, how it might flow was picking a theme for each episode. So I'm trying to pick themes that are relatable to listeners with albinism and or blindness. But the other consideration that's sort of really important to me is a different kind of awareness. And and that's to try to engage the sighted population as well and bring Mm -hmm. them around to uh, believing and understanding that there are all different kinds of people living with blindness. And a lot of us just want to go about our day to day. We want to go to work. We want to enjoy our hobbies and spend time with our loved ones. So picking a theme was really the thing that helped me big time sort of figure out what the flow uh, of a show might might feel like. And um, and so it we landed on me sharing one or two of my stories. And then I have a guest each month who also lives with albinism and or blindness. And then they share a similar story in in the same theme. And we kind of sort of compare notes. And really the main <laughs> thing is to have a good laugh at one another. And it honestly was, it felt like a really natural process to me. I love storytelling. I have a diploma in film and TV production. So storytelling and trying to make people laugh is something I've been doing my whole life. Um, so this has been a really fun and interesting opportunity. And Sam, you know, technical producer extraordinaire, he um, <laughs> he he really has made it a very painless process. He's been a great source of encouragement as well. Amy, when I think about your podcast, Accessing Art with Amy, I am terrified by the sheer scope of what you've taken on here because... It's not even that you're limiting yourself to Canada. Word on the street is you've had guests uh, from uh, places as far flung as Ireland. I think I've heard a rumor about Australia. So you're not limiting yourself by geography. How did you n- narrow it down? What's What are your themes and what are your concepts? Yeah, you know, accessing art for Amy is uh, not only a labor of love for me, it's also a challenge. Because while I'm immersed in the arts community, in the, in the disability arts community at that, I wanted to stretch my own ability to find individuals. And I know lots of fantastic artists. And yes, I will be showcasing many of them. But also, um, because Accessing Art with Amy dropped on October the 15th, which is a Thursday, and will air every second Thursday. So I've got two episodes a month that I have to uh, sustain. And so uh, while it's great to reach out to local people that I know, I really wanted to challenge myself to find artists internationally. And again, thinking about this platform, thinking about the idea of community building, 
with artists that have intersectionality with disability and possibly other intersectionalities and how we bring them into our world and how we interact with their world. And a part of what I love about podcasts is that, you know, specifically with the AMI crowd um, in Canada here, and again, these podcasts are available to everybody, but Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about my own blind community and how little interaction we get with arts in general, a lot of times because it's not accessible um, Mm -hmm. and because we don't have the ability to, you know, connect with somebody in Ireland and learn what they're doing or in Australia. And so a part of this for me was how do I bring my own community in Canada here, the opportunity to learn about arts that are sort of outside of our own bubbles. And Mm -hmm. um, that was really a challenge for me, but a, a challenge that I have fully embraced because I think that, the outcome, the merits of that challenge are so fruitful and so beautiful. And I have just been interacting with some amazing artists that I I have never experienced before. And I'm so grateful for those opportunities. Podcasts are a gift that keep on giving. Amy, do you Mm -hmm. think there's something to the idea that Uh, For people with disabilities in particular, we know that people with disabilities are underrepresented in the media. We know that there are misperceptions of people with disabilities in the media. Does podcasting as an avenue, as a way to participate in public discourse, open up some new avenues for conversation and discourse for people with disabilities? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, statistically right now, in Canada and and in the United States, actually, we hover at around 24% of people who identify with disability. Uh, And what's available in media, and that includes film, television, stage, social media, um, all of the genres combined, there's a 2% representation of disability, uh, and oftentimes a misrepresentation of disability, as you rightly point out. Uh, So the idea of podcasts, um, one of them being really accessible to the to the the creator in general, um, it's quite easy with a little bit of of Google knowledge to be able to figure out how to create a podcast. So that opens up doors for anybody who has a voice that they want to have heard um, and and opportunities for people to share their voice. So I, I really think that podcasts is, even though they've been around for a while, feels like this sort of new avenue for being able to to reach out and touch your neighbor, so to speak, and, and to fill them in on things that are happening in our lives and, and to, to educate um, at the same time as entertain, at the same time mm-hmm. as uh, just to create community, I think are all really valuable things. Jenny, same question to you. Are podcasts important to people with disabilities in particular? Absolutely. It is a medium that it just opens up so many doors as, as Amy so eloquently put it. And my podcast low vision moments is, is really intended to be a sort of light and a sort of break from the everyday heavy stuff. But representation is so extremely important. I want to see real people with albinism, real people with disabilities portrayed in media. And one thing that I would really like to bring awareness uh, around, and I don't see a lot of it out there. I, I, I'm having a hard time articulating it, and I don't want to be offensive in any way, but I've noticed 
for for me, I, I find that a lot of people who don't have any personal connection to disability or to visual impairment, there seems to be like one or two kinds of perceptions of uh, people mm-hmm. with disabilities or visual impairment. And one is that we're either exceptional human beings, we're a CEO, we're an Olympian, we're a celebrity, we're the people getting uh, lots of attention that you've heard about in the media, or there's the other end of the spectrum. Oh, poor Jenny. She's basically allergic to the sun. She's got 10% corrected vision. What kind of life could she possibly lead? And I really want to try to pick topics and and stories that um, change that perception and give the um, sighted population and give new demographics sort of an inside look to just living an everyday life with low vision and or albinism or blindness. And I mean, I mean, one example is, is in my pilot, we discuss get getting quote unquote recognized. And my first guest and I, we both live with albinism and that's a genetic condition that it generally makes us stand out in public. We have fairly distinct physical features and a lot of people approach me in public and think that, where you know I must know that one albino from their hometown, or I must be that one person with albinism that they they saw at the Olympics or the Paralympics, and the kicker is like they don't believe us when we tell them no, we don't all know each other. No, I'm not that one Olympic skier, um, and it takes a little bit of convincing. So I think it's a really really important uh, medium, but at the same time. I really, my goal is to try and keep things light and just sort of bring people into the conversation that might not have been exposed to vision loss or disability in their everyday lives. Guys, I'm so sad to say, but our time together is over. It has simply flown by. Like I feel like I blinked and uh, the half an hour is over. Sam, Amy, Jenny, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you, Joita. That was Jenny Bovard, Amy Amanti, and Sam Robinson, our indubitable podcast panel, talking to us about all of the things that make podcasts accessible and special to people with disabilities. We'll have a link up to this on our show blog, ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. We'll let you know about the latest AMI audio podcasts, what they are and when you can catch them. And of course, you are welcome to check out our existing line of podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. So do head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. I'll even try and reach out to our panelists and find out about their favorite podcasts and throw that on the blog. And so you can check that out as well. I'd like to thank all of our panelists, Jenny Bovard, Amy Amanti, and Sam Robinson. The technical producer for The Pulse today has been Sam Robinson. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio. And Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.